Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now from this very moment, the misery would again begin. People would point at her and talk of her. Her success in obtaining Orley Farm for her own child would again be canvassed at every house in Hamworth, and not only her success, but the means also by which that success had been obtained. The old people would remember, and the young people would inquire, and for her tranquillity, repose, and that retirement of life which had been so valuable to her were all gone. There could be no doubt that Dockrath had spread the report immediately on his return from Yorkshire, and had she well thought of the matter, she might have taken some comfort from this. Of course he would tell the story which he did tell. His confidence in being able again to drag the case before the courts would by no means argue that others believed as he believed. In fact, the enemies now arraigned against her were only those whom she already knew to be so arraigned. But she had not sufficient command of her thoughts to be able at first to take comfort from such a reflection as this. She felt, as she was being carried home, that the world was going from her, and that it would be well for her, were it possible, that she should die. But she was stronger when she reached her own door than she had been at Mrs. Arkwright's. There was still within her a great power of self-maintenance, if only time were allowed to her to look about and consider how best she might support herself. Many women are in this respect as she was. With forethought and summoned patience they can endure great agonies, but a sudden pang, unexpected, overwhelms them. She got out of the pony carriage with her ordinary placid face, and walked up to her own room without having given any sign that she was uneasy, and then she had to determine how she should bear herself before her son. It had been with her a great object that both Sir Peregrine and Mr. Furnival should first hear of the tidings from her and that they should both promise her their aid when they had heard the story as she would tell it. In this she had been successful, and it now seemed to her that prudence would require her to act in the same way towards Lucius. Had it been possible to keep this matter from him altogether, she would have given much to do so. But now it would not be possible. It was clear that Mr. Dockrath had chosen to make the matter public, acting no doubt with forethought in doing so. And Lucius would be sure to hear words 
which would become common in hamworth difficult as the task would be to her it would be best that she should prepare him so she sat alone till dinner-time planning how she would do this she had sat alone for hours in the same way planning how she would tell her story to sir peregrine and again as to her second story for mr furnival those whose withers are unwrung can hardly guess how absolutely a sword under the collar will embitter every hour for the poor jade who is so tormented but she met him at dinner with a smiling face he loved to see her smile and often told her so almost upbraiding her when she would look sad why should she be sad seeing that she had everything that a woman could desire her mind was burdened with no heavy thoughts as to feeding coming multitudes she had no contest to wage with the desultory chemists of the age his purpose was to work hard during the hours of the day hard also during many hours of the night and it was becoming that his mother should greet him softly during his few intervals of idleness he told her so in some words not badly chosen for such telling and she loving mother that she was strove valiantly to obey him during dinner she could not speak to him nor immediately after dinner the evil moment she put off from half-hour to half-hour still looking as though all were quiet within her bosom as she sat beside him with her book in her hand he was again at work before she began her story he thought at least that he was at work for he had before him on the table both pritchard and latham and was occupied in making copies from some drawings of skulls which purposed to represent the cerebral development of certain of our more distant asiatic brethren is it not singular said he that the jaws of men born and bred in a hunter state should be differently formed from those of the agricultural tribes are they said lady mason oh yes the maxillary profile is quite different you will see this especially with the mongolians among the tartar tribes it seems to me to be very much the same difference as that between a man and a sheep but pritchard makes no such remark look here at this fellow he must have been intended to eat nothing but flesh and that raw and without any knife or fork i don't suppose they had many knives or forks by close observation i do not doubt that one could tell from a single tooth not only what food the owner of it had been accustomed to eat but what language he had spoken i say close observation you know it could not be done in a day i suppose not and then the student again bent over his drawing you see it would have been impossible for the owner of such a jaw as that to have ground a grain of corn between his teeth or to have masticated even a cabbage lucius said lady mason becoming courageous on the spur of the moment i want you to leave that for a moment and speak to me well said he putting down his pencil and turning round here i am you have heard of the lawsuit which i had with your brother when you were an infant of course i have heard of it but i wish you would not call that man my brother he would not own me as such and i most certainly would not own him as far as i can learn he is one of the most detestable human beings that ever existed 
you have heard of him from an unfavourable side lucius you should remember that he is a hard man i believe but i do not know that he would do anything which he thought to be unjust why then did he try to rob me of my property because he thought that it should have been his own i cannot see into his breast but i presume that it was so i do not presume anything of the kind and never shall i was an infant and you were a woman a woman at that time without many friends and he thought that he could rob us under cover of the law had he been commonly honest it would have been enough for him to know what had been my father's wishes even if the will had not been rigidly formal i look upon him as a robber and a thief i am sorry for that lucius because i differ from you what i wish to tell you now is this that he is thinking of trying the question again what thinking of another trial now and lucius mason pushed his drawings and books from him with a vengeance so i am told and who told you i cannot believe it if he intended anything of the kind i must have been the first person to hear of it it would be my business now and you may be sure that he would have taken care to let me know his purpose and then by degrees she explained to him that the man himself mr mason of groby had as yet declared no such purpose she had intended to omit all mention of the name of mr dockwrath but she was unable to do so without seeming to make a mystery with her son when she came to explain how the rumour had arisen and why she had thought it necessary to tell him this she was obliged to say that it had all arisen from the wrath of the attorney he has been to groby park she said and now that he has returned he is spreading this report i shall go to him to-morrow said lucius very sternly no no you must not do that you must promise me that you will not do that but i shall you cannot suppose that i shall allow such a man as that to tamper with my name without noticing it it is my business now no lucius the attack will be against me rather than you that is if an attack be made i have told you because i do not like to have a secret from you of course you have told me if you are attacked who should defend you if i do not the best defence indeed the only defence till they take some active step will be silence most probably they will not do anything and then we can afford to live down such reports as these you can understand lucius that the matter is grievous enough to me and i am sure that for my sake you will not make it worse by a personal quarrel with such a man as that i shall go to mr furnival said he and ask his advice i have done that already lucius i thought it best to do so when first i heard that mr dockwrath was moving in the matter it was for that that i went up to town and why did you not tell me i then thought that you might be spared the pain of knowing anything of the matter i tell you now because i hear to-day in hamworth that people are talking on the subject you might be annoyed as i was just now if the first tidings had reached you from some stranger he sat silent for a while turning his pencil in his hand and looking as though he were going to settle the matter off-hand by his own thoughts i tell you what it is mother i shall not let the burden of this fall on your shoulders you carried on the battle before but i must do so now 
if i can trace any word of scandal to that fellow dockwrath i shall indict him for a libel oh lucius i shall and no mistake what would he have said had he known that his mother had absolutely proposed to mr furnival to buy off mr dockwrath's animosity almost at any price End of chapter fifteen of orley farm by anthony trollope recording by leonard wilson of springfield ohio